Hey, folks, welcome back to the DC Beer Show. Uh, we got an exciting episode for you today. We're in the studio drinking some beer. Uh, I got Mike Stein with me today. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. It's good to have you. It's on, great back to on be the here. Show. Yeah, all right. Thanks, uh, Richard. We're talking to the guys who are behind a new brewing uh, experience, a new beer experience uh, here in the DC metro area called Soul Mega. We're talking to Elliot and Jahi, the the founders of Soul Mega, and uh, uh, this is this is something new in the area. We like getting ahead of the curve here. So uh, we're excited to have you guys on the show. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, yeah. Elliot. Thanks for having us. Good to have you here, Jahi. Okay, so now we know it. Now you can hear, you know what the voices sound like, so you can uh, yep. put the name to the voice. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to, to our friend Mike Stein, and we're going to pour some beers Thanks, to try. Richard. Uh, thanks to Elliot. I've got uh, Soul Mega's Worldwide American Pale Ale here, so we're yes, going to pour yes, us. Yes. Pour it up. And I'll pour up uh, some for you, too. Man. Yeah. So first off, thanks for bringing beer. Yeah, oh, always. I'm I'm doing a hard pour here to release the head, get some nice aroma going on this American Pale Ale. Um, so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about first off the name, the origin of the name Soul Mega. If we can uh, get into, you know, uh, where that came from and what that means to the brand. Okay, um, Soul Mega. We wanted to have a name that had meaning, right? So we were kind of thinking about, you know, kind of what's our What's our approach to this beer, right? And what's kind of really going to serve us? So the literal translation is um, to embody greatness. Soul, mega, mega being great, embody greatness. So for us, it's kind of like a um, our mantra. It's like um, our own, how we kind of energize ourselves, you know. So can you expound, expound on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So like Jahi said, it's, it's our mantra. And um, it literally means the embodiment is something great. And so... We were coming up with different names for our company. Uh, we wanted something that uh, resonated outside of the product right. um, to more of like a lifestyle brand. So, you know, we're passionate about beer. Um, you guys are passionate about media entertainment with this podcast. There's artists. There are people who kind of share our similar drive um, that could be perceived as uh, not connected, but beer is that connectivity that brings everyone together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about greatness a little bit on that thread. <laughs> um, you guys are a few months old now. Uh, you've yep. been out for a little bit, not that long, still pretty new in the yep. grand scheme of things. Um, what does greatness look like to the brand and how are you guys getting on now that, you know, it's, it's past the launch, but it's still still new at this point. So what is going great and what do you strive for? What does greatness look like, you know, a few months or a few years down the road? Um, you know, I think uh, number one for us is, uh, you know, brand recognition. Uh, so what's going well is the fact that we're able to share our craft with D.C. Uh, I think that's our kind of our driving force right now is just to hit home with D.C. and make sure that we have the city behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's all about really just taking that grassroots approach and uh, building the brand from the grand up, kind of engaging the consumer through our pop-ups or through our social media content mm-hmm. and things like that. And also building relationship, too. Um, Great time to be in, great place to start, um, and we definitely want to build relationship and make those connections with the people um, we're going to do work with. I mean, it's it's communal, right? So we want to make sure that we um, engage other people um, so we can both kind of have benefits from that. So that's the goal. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. So let's turn our focus to beer a little bit sure. here. <laughs> we've, we've poured this nice pale ale. Uh, it's, it is truly pale. It's not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it's not, the color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did do that. Nice Cheers, head guys. retention. Cheers. 
So what you may notice, I kind of described this beer. It's a bit of a hybrid, right? So mm-hmm. we wanted to do something different, um, but it's a style mix, right? So we have an American Pale Ale, American IPA, American Wheat, as well as a Belgian. All of those are kind of mixed in here and influenced, hence the name worldwide. It's influenced by um, various styles in various parts of the world. So probably um, the initial sip, you're going to get some of that noble um, kind of floral, little bitter hops there, followed by the citrus tropical at the end. So um, that was the goal, and that's what we that's what we produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted to kind of uh, – this is our flagship product. I want everyone to uh, realize that. Uh, so right now we're in the market with just this one. And um, – Besides worldwide kind of being a play on the style, it's also a play on um, the ability to kind of appeal to multiple flavor palettes. So you kind of want to find a beer that was uh, enjoyable by all. Mm-hmm. So it's not that heavy. It's only 5.5%, um, very sessionable, something you can kind of have a few of and not kind of be rocked on your bottom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, this is our this is our baby. Yep. So the pale yeah. ale on, on the can, on the packaging, we have uh, brewed and packaged for Soul Mega LLC by Calvert Brewing Company. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with them and where the beer is coming from? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, you want to start off with that? Yeah, so it's it's our recipe. Um, given the scale of the beers that we're, we're making, um, we need a contract brewing company to do that for us. Mm-hmm. However, we're able to wholesale it and do our, our thing from that aspect. So large-scale brewing, we spoke with those guys, told them what our processes were, Gave them the recipe, et cetera, and they produced the beer for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been pre- been pretty good partners uh, with us, um, considering the fact that Calvert is somewhat new. I mean, they're a few years old, yeah, uh, right. so we yeah. kind of share that uh, infancy phase. Um, they they kind of were in our shoes at one point, so mm-hmm. overall, the relationship is pretty good. Um, they have a really nice facility, and they're good guys to work with. Nice. So shout yeah. out to Calvert. Yeah, Indeed. absolutely. Hey, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, in terms of the batch, how much was brewed, and um, where where is it being sold? Where can we get it now? Tell us a little, you know, where did it launch? Is it? Tell us about the placement. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is our second batch uh, since we've been in the market. We've been in the market officially since I believe the end of July. Okay. Our first major promotional event was the Trill Grill which was hosted at St. Elizabeth's campus, the Gateway Pavilion, which was pretty cool. It was like a food truck music festival. They yes. had like Rick Ross was headlining. <laughs> so that was our first entry into the market. We nice. were the, uh, the beer bender for that. Yeah. Uh, since then, we've been in Pub and the People, mm-hmm. uh, Half Smoke off of Florida. Right now we're in mm-hmm. Mr. Braxton in Petworth. We're in Present Company on 4th and Mass, and we're at Capo Italian Deli on U Street. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Cool. And, and, and the cans. Oh yeah, got, yeah. What what about can distribution? Okay, Tell so us a little bit about that. Yeah, so you know, um, we we have our product offered in draft and can. Mm-hmm. So um, you can find uh, the cans at Mr. Braxton and Present Company. We're on can and draft at Capo. Okay, and I uh, I actually really like uh, the can design. Uh, we collaborated with a local artist named Matt Carrado from Bright Light Media. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Matt, the mm-hmm. other Matt. Uh, <laughs> on uh, we we want to make sure that. The representation of our brand in D.C. was holistic, so we always want to choose local artists to make our uh, our can label with us. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of a style between uh, what kind of we collaborated with. Just obviously the can is a Atlas view, mm-hmm. which represents the name, and it kind of has that abstract feel in the back end. That's where Matt put his flavor on, and that kind of is our flavor on how the beer is not a typical pale ale. 
So going forward, if we have a beer, it's going to be in D.C. You want to make sure we collaborate with local artists. Great. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you've had some success with uh, these pop-up events at, at, at various spots, and you have some placements around town. Can you tell us what's coming down the pike in terms of uh, events? Oh, yeah. So um, every year we do, uh, this will be our third year, so I guess for the past two years, we've been doing an annual holiday party, and it's really a chance for us to kind of get people together um, for the holiday season, you know, kind of like turn up before everyone leaves for Christmas and New Year, but also a chance for us to give back. So um, for the past two years, we've been having a partnership with the Greater Washington Urban League Food Pantry. So we do these big promotional events, and we donate proceeds to the food pantry. It's essentially like a meal plan service for people with food insecurity. So people who don't have access to healthy options of food, the Urban League package is almost like a red apron type thing, if you will, and they distribute nice. uh, groceries out to those people. Yeah, So that's a really big cool. thing for us. A lot of our big promotional events have to have some service tied into it because as much as we like to enjoy ourselves out here, it's important to give back to. So next event's going to be on uh, December 21st. It's called Festivus All right. at the Culture House, formerly known as Blind Wino. Nice. And uh, for the, right. yeah, Festivus. So yeah, uh, nice. we kind of took recognition yeah. on Mike's face yeah. over there. Yeah, we kind of go play on the Seinfeld <laughs> show with that one. Uh, but So there won't be anyone wrestling their fathers, but uh, <laughs> we will show feet of strength and unity, and we will uh, air our grievances with 2019. All right. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to have right. multiple DJs, food trucks. going to be really cool. Uh, so it's going to be from 9 to 2 at Culture House, and you can get tickets online at festivus2019.eventbrite.com. So that's on the 21st of December in just a couple days from now. Go get your tickets now. Uh, Correct. At festivus2019.eventbrite.com. Correct. Got it. Yeah, so I'll let uh, the crowd discuss their airing of grievances, but I'm curious from, from to hear from you gentlemen if you've had any grievances. I know... I'll say personally, in the beer biz, there's a lot of infighting. Um, people get mad about... We all get along. Everybody oh, gets right? along. <laughs> Why are Mike? you winking at me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, I know it's difficult. Um, it's not easy to sell beer. People think it's a very easy thing. You know, the general population feels like, oh, you know, you make beer, you drink beer all day, it's all good. But obviously, it's a lot of uh, pavement pounding and, and handshaking, and you've got to go yep. check on accounts. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about some of the work, the work that you've put in, you know, that, that the listener might not be privy to, just thinking about, oh, this job's a breeze. Man, I mean, to, to put it in context, uh, we've been in the market since, like I said, like late July. Our company is, what, almost a year and a half old, and yep. we've been working on this for four years about. Right. Right, oh, so wow. there's a lot of back-end on organizing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but um, relationship management is super key, uh, yeah. and everyone thinks it's easy, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, non-local beers that get placement in certain bars based off of their distributor. Yep. And we're fortunate, and I guess... I won't say unfortunate, but we are fortunate to have our own wholesale license, so we control a lot of that. But yeah, it's mm -hmm. been a very big learning experience for me. I still have my day job, so learning to manage yeah. the time and understanding the nuances of the industry has been pretty cool, actually, though. Yeah, that's probably the biggest piece, the time management, right? I mean, there's always something we have to do in terms of either work or the business, um, in addition to just maintaining our social life, too. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, once you get used to it, right, it doesn't make it any easier, mm -hmm. but at least you understand what it is you have to do and how to be focused. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like our, our main push for these pop-up events. Is, um, it's important to engage the consumer and meet them at, at, at certain levels. Mm -hmm. um, well, you can't just put beer in a bar and expect people to order it, right? right they right. need to know about the product, they need to know about your brand. So mm -hmm. uh, focusing on that, 
uh, kind of makes the process more intuitive, but it is tough. I mean, tap space is limited here. We have smaller, smaller city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we do have a lot of bars and restaurants, though. Yeah, we do. We do got that. We're a drinking town. <laughs> I got Let me. I want to ask a question about that. Did you? You know, this is a learning curve. You guys have been at this at this four years. Did you? Have you over the course of that four years just sort of like figured it out? Like you know, trial and error. Do you have like mentors in the space or folks that do, who have been sort of guiding you a little bit or is this just like we're going to do this and we'll we'll figure it out on our own it's probably a little mixed yeah, kind there, of right? both yeah both yeah. both yeah. um we so um i've been a little fortunate to grow up kind of in the beer background my father worked in the industry for like 15 years okay so from a bigger beer like marketing side i kind of saw some of the stuff that they were doing back in the 90s or early 2000s um we we talked to a lot of brewery owners Okay. I mean, every time I go out of town, I always try to meet up with somebody or um, even the guys out here. Like D.C. Brow has been pretty helpful in advice. Um, the cool. right proper guys. Hellbender. Yeah. yeah, so I got nice. um, Port City. Calvert. So, yeah, Calvert, yeah. 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 So Calvert was very helpful when we were first starting, just giving us kind of what they thought. And a lot of brewers around the, the, the country, man, like everyone seems to be pretty – okay with sharing information now yeah. putting the theory in practice is another thing yeah right. but i think right. it's been a lot of trial and error when it comes to like the regulatory stuff mm. yeah just for for my personal opinion mm-hmm. um and then the navigation of the industry is just something we learn day to day yeah yeah so if we can talk a little bit about um wholesale you know distribution or self-distribution we in dc were lucky to have self-distribution rights right and depending on who you talk to we're the only place in america or one of a half dozen places in the united states that has the right to self-distribute um tell us a little bit about what that means and sort of how that is is a blessing or a curse or both or a double-edged sword you know how do you see selling your own beer versus having somebody else like a distributor sell it for you how is that different i think we can I think it's better for us. I mean, we can kind of control the message coming in. Um, we can promote our business the way we see it and what we know about our belief, you know, kind of our strategic plan in this. So I think it's a benefit. I mean, people really want to understand your story. I mean, that's what resonates with people. Um, that's what we have the opportunity to do by building relationship and managing those relationships. Yeah, and it also gives us a chance to connect with the business owners on a more personal level. I mean, you know, uh, from what I understand, and I'm not, I never worked for a major distributor, but you got the sales rep comes in with the sample. You order from the catalog. You have the delivery guy who may not be the sales rep. Mm-hmm. You probably haven't met the CEO or the president. Right. So, you know, you got when we come in, it's like the same guy who was in the brewery making the beer is also the one that's fixing the tap line underneath your right. bar. So it's more of a yeah. connection. Obviously, there's a financial benefit to uh, self-distributing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people may not notice out there, but... Um, there's margins that are affected when you wholesale your product to a wholesaler. Uh, and so that kind of gives us more control over our cash flow. Um, and then overall, uh, the, the logistic thing is kind of interesting because we're not a logistic company yeah. per se. So learning that has been pretty uh, challenging. But at least it gives a chance, like Jahi said, to control the message and the supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So there's some benefits when you're in a place like D.C. If I was living in Iowa or something like mm-hmm. that, we were in, you know, shout out to Iowa or Wisconsin mm-hmm. or Minnesota. It may be different. Mm-hmm. There may be benefit just having a, a person kind of who has those relationships kind of do the beer for you. But I like hanging out in bars. Yeah. I know a lot of good guys <laughs> who own some fantastic establishments. Right. Right. Like the great Capo Deli and Mr. Braxton and. Half smoke and pumping the people. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely. Um, yeah, I think to your point, there's a lot of uh, a lot of chefs in the kitchen, a lot of hands touching beer before it goes from you know the producer through the distributor to the retailer, um, and that's something that we tend to not talk about too much in the beer business. But it it is an important point that um, you know I think the general public needs to realize. So um, speaking of stories, telling your brand. You know, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit what you're about? You know, Soul Mega, right? Is is Soul Mega uh, a soul beer made by soul people for soul people? Can you can you <laughs> expound a little bit of, about who you are? You know, your story, the story you're trying to tell. Um, kind of what I alluded to earlier. It's really um, it's really just about being your best self. Um, so this is a it's a brand, right? So we're doing beer, but it's it's definitely a brand. Um, and again, it's an affirmation, right, in terms of what we do as individuals. Like Elliot and I, um, complementary relationships, right? So I'm kind of the down and in guy, the recipe dude. He's up and out. He has a lot of social capital, a lot of individuals that he knows, and he moves and shakes, which is why he's the one out there, you know, drumming up business, going out here, talking to folks and things like that. Um, so from that aspect, we're utilizing our best selves, um, to get this beer out here and get it to the people. So that's that's the main message. It's always about, um, you know, tap in. Don't tap out in terms of what it is you want to do in life, how you want to approach it, and not um, just not give up on that, right? And that's kind of how we're approaching this. It's going to yeah. happen. We're going to make it happen. And we have the unique skills and abilities to do that. Yeah, so make it for everybody. Yeah. All right. So you guys have been working together on this project for four years and, and, and churning out this beer and going out and, and establishing the relationships necessary to get into this business. But but tell us a little bit about your background as a team. Like how, how do you guys know each other? How did you meet? How did you come to this sort of idea of of creating Soul Mega? Sure, well, I guess we met. 10 years ago? It's almost uh, 10 nine, years ago. Nine years it's, ago. It's, it's, it's coming up on 10. Yeah, through yeah. work. Uh, oh, we were okay. both homebrewing, and we got connected uh, because— through one of my colleagues it, at work that we yeah. both knew, she put us together because she knew we both went to Howard, graduated from Howard. Mm. H-U. And that's kind of that's <laughs> how out it started. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we met uh, just through the Howard connection through work, and then we started um, individually kind of homebrewing. Uh, which is very important to so realize. Wait, I want to put this in context. So you met before you both started homebrewing. Yeah, I think right? I think I met him when I when you just started. Yeah, but you didn't meet over homebrewing. No, okay. no, right. no. And no. I had been homebrewing for just a small amount of time. My wife bought me a kit from mm-hmm. William Sonoma, a one gallon <laughs> kit that right. I made on my stove, and it was an IPA. It came out really well. But given all the work that I put in for one gallon. And me and my buddies killed it in that day. I was like, okay, I got to go to the store and get me a five-gallon kit <laughs> right. to make this worth my while. So that's kind of how it starts. So if I have to give any shout-out, my wife put me down on the homebrewing tips. So. All right. Wow. Yeah, and I started homebrewing my buddy Josh, like 2010, I believe. Yeah, just because I think um, I think the price of a six-pack had went from like six ninety nine, $8.99. I was like, wait a minute. Like, not paying $11 for a red stripe, whatever it was, right? So then we, I was like, I can make, we can make our own. You know, you get a $100-some-dollar kid, you can make 50 beers. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then we met, and it was like, hey, man, I'm homebrewing. It's like, oh, me too. And we were like, switched beers, and then we were like, wait a minute, we should kind of like collaborate. And then we just started making batches yeah. on our homebrew system. Then we upgraded, 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 upgraded. And now uh-huh. we're, we've upgraded again. Right. Yeah. right. So, yeah. so at what point did you guys go, hey, we should – we should upgrade this to a business. Uh, yeah, I, I came in Jahi with the idea first and was like, Yo, we should sell this. Because we had been still doing, like, we'd bring them and let people try them. Everyone keeps asking me, when are you going to sell this? And, like, this particular recipe, 
It's got to be over five years old, but we've on, we've made so many iterations of it, and we've always gotten positive feedback on it. And so the entrepreneur in me, deep down inside, was like, okay, like this is a chance for us to kind of like have some freedom and you know lifestyle, create something people can enjoy. And so I kind of like pitched to him, and then we started learning about how to get that done. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? very meticulous kind of understanding it from the ground up. Because uh, we, we had so many different ideas how you want to get into the market. Right. Um, contract brewing was the most beneficial for us at the time. But before, it wasn't always like that. I mean, we were grand ideas. and You scale sure. them down or you change them. And yeah. the laws were different when we first looked at this. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think they even had the taproom uh, uh, permit at that right. point in D.C. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. all of yeah. our stuff was like, should we do like a big production facility like because mm-hmm. dc brow had one mm-hmm. they had just started like i think three years before that or something so mm-hmm. yeah it was just yeah it was just making homebrew batches and then trying to work our way towards financial We've heard freedom that story before <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i hope everyone starts off like that right right no, I, most do i mean you know in the in the couple years i've been talking to brewers on a regular basis like almost everybody i've talked to has a similar type of, of origin story where homebrewing, you know, and then being passionate about it and then let's scale this up uh, is, is I think the way most most of the brewers I know started. There's a handful of brewers I know who like were professionally trained, you know, yeah. or mm-hmm. just got to I mean, I'm trying to remember who who I talked to, but. Uh, I did talk to somebody once who was like, "Yeah, I got a job like mopping the floors in a brewery, That's you know, start. because That's the start. Then I did, and they weren't even." And, stuff. and I'm trying to again, I can't remember who I was talking to, but this was somebody who wasn't like they weren't into beer; they just needed a summer job, and they got a job mopping the floors. But being around it, like, really got them excited about it, and then. They kind of moved into it, but almost everybody's got a similar story to y'all. So, yeah. you know, and that's pretty cool about crabs. I've heard that too, right? You got um, some of the people who started um, with janitorial jobs, or they went to school for this stuff, right? Right. Like molecular biology. Um, mm-hmm. I, I learned, uh, and shout out to uh, Ben Evans from Hellbender. I know he had a medical background yep. mm-hmm. before he started his. So it's kind of cool to see how, like, even though once again people have these differences on how they. Uh, you know, learn or grew up, but the beer is kind of what brings people together. Right. Yeah. It's right. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beer is definitely the unifying force between many different interests, and that's great. Um, so I'm wondering then, um, Jahi, you kind of describe yourself as the brewer, and Elliot, you're kind of the, the salesman. You're out on the front lines. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how that works? Generally speaking, the brewers kind of considered like back of house. The sales team is front of house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems that you both play many roles. So, what are you doing outside of the brewing role? And and you know how do you, how do y'all interact with one another? Roles and responsibilities in terms of what it takes to run run the company. Yeah. So um, I look at us kind of like it's down and in and up and out. So in terms of the creative aspect, I think about my job. It's like the name Soul Mega. Um, I came up with that name again, like to kind of describe, you know, how we're going to approach this, um, that as well as trying to figure out financing, the best way to kind of do that, getting creative with that kind of thing. So I'm kind of more of the creator, I would say, but it doesn't limit anything that he does. It's just, that's kind of my, my role in this, um, strategic plan, for example, mission statement. Those are the kind of things that I mean. Obviously, we both have contributions to those things. It's just a matter of who's quarterbacking it um, at that time. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like it's team sport, right? So um, 
you know, LeBron doesn't always, he's not always the point guard. Sometimes he has to be the shooting guard, mm-hmm. the power forward, but the goal is to put points on the board and win yeah, games. Exactly. So, you know, create, creatively, when it comes to product development, Jahi's definitely the, the, the leader in that way. Creatively, when it comes to what happens once the beer is in the package, I get my hands on that. So now we both have a creative role in different aspects. Right. So I kind of, we, we play off each other. I mean, and we consult one another on yeah, this stuff. Again, it, it just matters who's quarterbacking it. And then we, we are always in communication and talk about those kind of things. Yeah, we're owners and operators, so everything pretty much has to go through both of us. So we, even though we have our strengths, it's just managing the whole process of a startup. So, yeah. 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 So um, you're now a part of a, a D.C. brewing scene where there are uh, 13 breweries in the district, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're one of 13. Um how do you see yourself in that role? Obviously, you know, you have some very big players um, who've been open at this point for eight years or six years. Um, you know, but you, you also come from, from great beer cities, great beer states, right? Chicago beer is, is uh, monumental. They have a, there's a ton of history in that town. Um, Chicago now has more breweries than anywhere else. They beat Asheville now. Yeah. What? Yes. Wow. Shout out to that's Chicago ma- Land. Major. Shout out mm-hmm. to Chicago you Land. I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe can you tell us a little bit about the beer culture, sort of, you know, when you were growing up or where you're from, and now that you're from DC, you know, what does it look like to be a part of the scene? Hmm. Can you remember? Can you recall your first craft beer? Can I recall from my the first... shy, from, you know, brewed in Chicago? Was it oh, Half Acre or Revolution? It was or... Revolution, uh, the Revolution IPA, uh, the Green Can. That oh, was my yeah, first yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, that was my first craft beer in Chicago, and I at that point I kind of was like, okay, this is. I think I was drinking like. I think I was more on the Belgian tip back then. Mm-hmm. Like, cause mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say how long I've been in the beer uh, <laughs> consumption, but I graduated from what you we know as rice lagers to <laughs> yeah. uh, in, uh, Holland imports to right. more heavier uh, farmhouse Belgian style beers, and so that was my like introduction to it. But yeah, I, I mean, Chicago's. A, I mean, we're such a big city; it's hard to compare. Mm-hmm. Uh, what goes on in Chicago here? Sure, um, but I do think it's cool, given that we're not. I wasn't born here, mm-hmm. so I think uh, he wasn't either. We have a chance to influence the DC beer scene with maybe some styles that we recognize from the Midwest, which is yeah. opportunity in that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, my buddies own a brewery. Shout out to Vice District in, in uh, Illinois, and I mean, they're cranking out some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Half Acre, obviously, yeah. Lagunese. I don't count them, mm-hmm. but I like their beer. Right. Um, yeah. Who's the other one I really like out there? Oh, Mars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mars Community Brewing. I mean, they've, they're have they just cranking stuff. And I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. 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 And they incorporate art with all their stuff as well. So. Beautiful cans. Yeah. Beautiful cans. Yeah. yeah. The design is really special. Right. Jai, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the, the brewing culture that, that you recall before leaving? I know you've been in D.C. almost two decades now. Yeah. If you can. Um, it was It was interesting. I mean, like Elliot, I won't say how far back my beer goes, but I did experience <laughs> um, in beer in Minnesota <laughs> um, prior to leaving. And I have to say um, I've graduated um, in terms of the different kinds of beers and going from what I would say is probably not the best beers to drink to start. Mm-hmm. I did all of that, and I followed the whole line up. I remember um, Corona and Heineken's were kind of like a big graduation. After that point, got into um, obviously craft beers, and that was much, mm-hmm. much later. Um Minnesota, where I'm from, is a um, 
it's a hotbed for a lot of beers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's many, many craft brew um, pubs all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that's been something I've experienced coming back, and it's never a loss. I can go to a new one every time I go home. Yeah. So um, D.C. for us, I mean, I think we have um, a great opportunity for us to kind of impart our culture. I mean, we are African-American brewers mm-hmm. um, on this scene, and I think that's something unique. It's something that's not generally represented in large mass mm-hmm. in beer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we're definitely yeah. happy to be the ones to to kind of, you know, contribute, kick that off from our standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's some there's some other folks locally yeah. doing that. You guys we know the Sanko? Yeah, yeah. 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 shout out to uh, Kofi tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Great guys, yeah. great yeah. guys. Doing and, good and, stuff. And, and I like their approach because um, – They've got another cultural aspect to it, given um, you know their roots in Ghana. The, yeah, the absolutely. They incorporate that in their beer. Africa is really, yeah. really interesting, and what they're doing with the flavors based on that is really yeah, and interesting. I mean, and this is DC, right? Like this is the only real place in, outside of like the major, like New York or LA, where you can be with people from other cultures and never have gone to that country to learn about their culture. Right. And so, being this thirteen breweries in DC, I think that's fine. I mean, everyone has their unique spin on the products they develop. And so, right. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of products that folks develop, so you've got the worldwide uh, American Pale Ale out there with all of these influences from all of these different regions from all around the world and all these different styles. What's next on your sort of production mm. agenda? What are, you, what are you guys working on or recipes you're working on or what's, what's sort of next in terms of actual brewing? Everyone wants to know that. It's yeah. yeah. Question. Crystal ball. <laughs> so we'll tell you what we – so this is not the only beer we, we brew, right? I mean, we brew mm. a number of different beers. Um, I'll let Elliot speak to some. I'll tell you a couple of my favorites are Black IPA. Um, I think we've done a few iterations of that and got that kind of spot on. And we debuted that at a couple of different pop-ups that we've had, as well as uh, more recently a Red Ale, um, a Session Red, uh, which is is pretty good, too. And I think probably my favorite would be the Porter. We have a really good Porter uh, recipe. We have a we have a rye porter. Ooh, I love a uh, rye porter. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah it's, a lot of our focus is, like I said, to engage the consumer at the ground level. So we do a lot of pop ups. They're usually quarterly. This one in December mm-hmm. being our most recent one. We're coming up, and we always try to bring different styles to those. So if you really want to taste some different, diverse, so mega beer right now, come to our pop ups. Right. So although mm-hmm. we offer this worldwide commercially at the moment. We like getting feedback from the ground up on other products before we release them. And so at the holiday party, we're going to have the Red Session and the Black IPA. Nice. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we work it. We always bring one-offs and, like, experimental batches to our pop-ups. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So uh, if you want to find out more about those those sessions, you know, just check out DC Beer. Um, and you guys make sure that you let us know about about uh, when you're doing your pop-ups and you're getting them scheduled so that we can make sure it's on the calendar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We will, yeah. And uh, we're on Instagram at DC, and it's also our Facebook handle. And our website launch is coming up. It's a soulmega.com, so we post a lot of content on there as well. Excellent. So check out soulmega, soulmegadc.com. Tap in, yes. No, yeah. just soulmega.com. Just soulmega.com. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Check out dcbeer.com. Go see our calendar uh, for events particularly Soul Mega events that will be featured on there. Yep. And then uh, come out in a couple days to um, Culture House. Yeah. That's right. 
Festivus 2019. Festivus. Festivus. Awesome. Tap in. Air out your grievances. Please. <laughs> in a socially responsible manner. Don't, <laughs> yeah, right. don't, in, don't carry that into 2020. Shake it off. That's great. Well, listen, Elliot and Jahi, thank you guys for coming out. It was a pleasure studio. to be here, man. Thank uh, you for inviting us. us. Thanks for sharing your beer with us. This has been a lot of fun. I wish we could talk all day, but I know we all got to. Got to get on with our, our beer stuff. Indeed. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you, thank gentlemen. you, guys. Genuinely. Awesome. Yep. All right. Remember, you can get all the information you need about everything happening in the D.C. beer scene by going to dcbeer.com or following us at D.C. Beer on all the social medias. If you have a suggestion for uh, something you'd like to hear on the D.C. Beer Show or see on dcbeer.com, Give us a shout. If you have an idea for something we should do on the DC Beer Show or something we should do at dcbeer.com, you can let us know through Twitter. You can let us know through, I guess, Instagram, on our Facebook page, or you can send an email to editor at dcbeer.com and give us your suggestions. We'd love to hear what you think and what you want to hear on this show, especially in 2020. Happy holidays, everybody. (laughs) 